actually sit down and then we'll tell you what we're doing here. Hopefully there's a Torah near you in your neighborhood. And that Torah is rolled to the Akedah, which we'll be reading and, and hearing chanted in a few moments. At first, our Torah portion, the Akedah, the binding of Isaac, seems to have little to do with us and our lives today. But in the commentary in this High Holy Day Machsor, it tells us that this is a story of moral choices and difficult decisions. The characters are imperfect. Hopefully that sounds familiar to all of us. Toward the end, Abraham's eyes are open to a better way forward. And so in this coming year, as we listen to these words, when we're faced with impossible choices and moral dilemmas, may our eyes be opened. May we find the better way forward. You'll, you can follow along in the reading. Uh, it starts on page 240. We're going to have two different, I hope all of our Torah readers are up here. They are. We're going to have two different aliyot. And if this applies to you, what we'd like you to do, I'll tell you what it is in a moment, to go find the Torah nearest you. They're up in the balcony. They're in the aisles. And come surround that Torah. We'd love anybody in this room, anybody of any age, we're, we're bending the rules today, any religion, to come up if this past year something of significant something of deep significance happened to you just start to get up and walk toward a Torah if you know because you started a new job or you made a move or you had grandkids or you had a kid or you had one of those very round birthday numbers what else loss also right um, oh, no. go stand go stand close to the Torah We clearly had a lot of significant moments this year. And it's good to get close to the Torah and to really think about the significance and how that guides your life in this year to come. We'd like to invite everyone who is standing close to a Torah, all of you, to chant the Torah blessings. One, two, three. Baruch et Adonai Baruch Adonai Amarach Le'olam Va'ed Baruch Adonai Amarach Le'olam Va'ed Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Bachar Panu Mikol Hamim Venatan Lanu Et Torato Baruch Ata Adonai Notein HaTorah Amen Amen Abraham, <laughs> 
את בנך, את יחידך, אשר אהבת את יצחק, ולך לך אל ארץ המוריה, והלהו שם לעולה על אחד הערים אשר אמר אליך. וישכם אברהם בבוקר, ויכבוש את חמרו, ויקח את שני נעריו איתו, ואת יצחק בנו, ויבקה עצי עולה, ויקם וילך אל המקום אשר אמר לו האלוהים. ביום השלישי ויישא אברהם את עיניו וירא את המקום מרחוק ויאמר אברהם אל נעריו שבו לכם פה עם החמור ואני והנער נלהה עד כה, ונשתחווה ונשובה עליכם. ויקח אברהם את עצי העולה, וישם על יצחק בנו, ויקח בידו את האש ואת המאכלת. וילכו שניהם יחדיו. now going to have you return to your seats and um, mazel tov on your significant event this year. And as you're returning to your seats for our second aliyah, if there's someone that you are praying for their healing of body, spirit, their mental health, their physical health, their spiritual health, or you yourself could use a blessing for health. Uh, or if you experienced uh, a loss in this past year and you want healing for that loss, and I realize some people will have two aliyot this morning, um, come stand around one of the Torahs for this Mishaberach aliyah. And we're going to be starting on verse 7, which is toward the bottom of page 240. together Barhu et Adonai Hamvorach Baruch Adonai Hamvorach Le'olam Ba'ed Baruch Adonai Hamvorach Le'olam Ba'ed Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Bachar Panu Mikol Hamim Benatan Lanu Et Torato Baruch Adonai Noteina Torah
ויאמר יצחק אל אברהם אביו ויאמר אבי ויאמר הנני בני ויאמר הנה האש והעצים ויחסה לעולה ויאמר אברהם אלוהים ירש לו עשה לעולה בני וילכו שניהם יחדיו moment and sing a mishaberach for all who are in uh, in need of healing okay okay well we ask we we won't sing it but we ask god's blessing on all um, for a full healing of body and a full healing of spirit and together we say amen we call forward for the honor of the Hagba and the Golelet, Ab Tandler and Valley Benish, and we all rise.
please be seated. And we now want to take an opportunity to offer blessings for two important places for us, our country and Israel. And it's my honor first to invite Jordan Heimowitz to lead our blessing for Israel. Thank you. Fellow congregants, as you know, elections are coming soon. And all of you over 18 are eligible to vote. And as if you look on Real Clear Politics, there is no early lead. As you know, I'm talking about the upcoming world Zionist elections. As chairman of our Israel Action Committee, I am increasingly concerned about the messianic nature of Israeli society and the ironclad grip the ultra-Orthodox continues to have on egalitarian prayer, civil marriages, and prayer. Your vote for the Arts of Slate or any number of non-Orthodox parties give support to the reform and conservative movements and help Israel become a, home, become a home of all types of Jews. Over the next few months, you will hear more about the elections for the World Zionist Congress, and elections, voting begins in January. I personally will be voting for the Archer Slate, which includes our own rabbi, Jonathan Singer, and his better three quarters, best singer. I hope you will join me in supporting them. I'm trying to get some yarmulkes made up with the singers back here, but I just didn't have time yet, but stay tuned. But whether you vote for the singers or any other party, please be sure to vote. And now, a prayer for Eretz Israel. May God bless her and give her strength and wisdom in the year 5780. Please turn to page 274 and read with me. Avinu, you are high above all nation, states, and peoples. Rock of Israel, the one who has saved us and preserved life. Bless the state of Israel, first flowering in our redemption. Be her loving shield, a shelter of lasting peace. Guide her leaders and advisors by the light of your truth. Instruct them with your good counsel. Strengthen the hands of those who build and protect our holy land. Deliver them from danger. Crown her efforts for success. Grant peace to the land, lasting joy to all people. And together we say, Amen. Thank you, Jordan, and thank you for all you do to serve our congregation. We now continue together on page 272 because I think our country could also use a blessing these days. Together. God of holiness, we hear your message. Justice, justice shall you pursue. God of freedom, we hear your charge. Proclaim liberty throughout the land. Inspire us through your teachings and commandments to love and uphold our precious democracy. Let every citizen take responsibility for the rights and freedoms we cherish. Let each of us be an advocate for justice, an activist for liberty, a defender of dignity. And let us champion the values that make our nation a haven for the persecuted, a beacon of hope among the nations. May our actions reflect compassion for all people within our borders and abroad. May our leaders and officials embody the vision of our founders to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. We pray for courage and conscience as we aim to support our country's highest values and aspirations, the hard-won rights that define us as a people, the responsibilities that they entail. We pray for all who serve our country with selfless devotion, in peace and in war, from fields of battle to clinics and classrooms, from government to the grassroots, 
all those whose noble deeds and sacrifice benefit our nation and our world. We are grateful for the rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that our forefathers subscribed to you, our creator. We pray for their wisdom and moral strength that we may be guardians of these rights for ourselves and for the sake of all people now and forever. It's now my honor to invite up Adela Kellerman, who I just got to do her bat mitzvah. And you're, I'm about to do your bat mitzvah. Sorry. <laughs> like, I didn't do your bat mitzvah yet. And We're about to do Michael it. Michael and Larry Edelstein. For our Haftarah reading, the, the reading um, can be found on page 253. It's a selection from the book of Samuel featuring the prophet Hannah, who reminds us through her prayers of what a world transformed could look like. I encourage you to follow along. Ruhata Adonai Eloheinu Melehaulam Asher Bahar Binvim Tovim Veratsav Edivrahim Hane Emorim Beemet Baruchata Adonai Haboher Batora Uv Moshe Avdo Uv Israel Amo Uvin Vie Haemed Vatsedek Altar boo tidabruhu give oha give oha Yatsed atak mi pichem Kiel de ohod aronoi Lo niktanuhu ali loho Keshek iborim hatim Venik shalim azru hail Sveim belechem niskaru, or or evim chadelu, ad akara yalda shvia, verabat banim umlala. Adonai meimit umechayeh, moriche Adonai Morish, Uma Ashir, Mashpilaf Neromehim, Mekim Meafar, Tohol, Meashpohot Yarim Evyahon, Meoshim Im Nidvihim, Mechisekavot Yanchilehim, Kiladonai Mitsuke Aretz. Vayashet alehem we're so we're so honored that Michael's father Larry travels from afar every year. He's been doing it now for some years, and they read Haftra together. Beautiful. Ha'el ha'ne'eman ha'omer ve'oseh ha'menaber u'mekayem she'chol devarav emedfat tzedek Hal ha'torah ve'al ha'avodah ve'al ha'nivim 
ועל יום הסיכרון הזה, שנתת לנו אדוני אלוהינו, לכבוד ולתפארת. על הכל אדוני אלוהינו, אנחנו מודים לך ומברכים אותך. יתברשים לך בפי כל חי תמיד לעולם ועד, ודברך אמת וקיים לעד. ברוך אתה אדוני, מלך הארץ, מקדש ישראל ביום הזיכרון. And the prophet shouted to the people, I want you to act as if your house is on fire, because it is. You say you love your children above all else, yet you are stealing their future in front of their eyes. Shivarim. The Broken Blast. Only a few thousand years ago, our prophets roamed the earth. But today, a young climate activist, Greta Thunberg, has revived prophecy in our generation, and a million Gretas are blooming today. In case you missed the news last week, literally millions of children from around the globe left school and marched to demand our attention. They are blasting the shofar across this land to wake us up. And when our children start to blast the shofar, maybe it's time to listen. Why was this march different from all other marches? I was at the youth-led climate march here in San Francisco. I went to support our kids and to feel some sense of inspiration. But honestly, I came away scared. Our kids are scared, and they're getting very angry. And if you aren't scared, scared enough to start changing your behavior and taking action about this, maybe this sermon will change that. During the hottest July ever recorded in human history, Iceland memorialized its first ever loss of a glacier to climate change. It was literally a funeral for the Akjakul Glacier, where their prime minister and the former UN Human Rights Commissioner dedicated a plaque at the former site where the glacier stood, which bore the inscription, a letter to the future. It read simply, in the next 200 years, all of our glaciers are expected to follow the same path. This monument is to acknowledge that we know what is happening and what needs to be done. Only you know if we did it. We know what is happening and what needs to be done. 
only you will know if we did it. Today we come together to celebrate the birthday of the world, Hayom Harat Olam. This is the day literally celebrating the birth of the world. Human beings have only inhabited this planet for 200,000 years. Yet since the advent of agriculture 12,000 years ago, we have destroyed 83% of all wild mammals and over 50% of all plants. There have already been five major extinctions. And we're in the sixth. Humans are the perpetrators and humans are the victims. We are indeed the flood and we are the ark. I hear from you almost every day. What, what could I possibly do, Rabbi? The future is so uncertain. I'm only one person. I'm not a government or a corporation. But the problem is none of these statements are actually true. The future is very certain. We just haven't moved from knowing the data to believing that it's true. We live in community and we're not alone in our convictions and our actions. And we are the resources that fuel corporations and the government. The Canadian philosopher Marshall McLuhan said, the future of the future is the present. He meant that the future is already right here. Yet somehow we allow ourselves to believe that the climate crisis is happening in the future or somewhere over there. But the temperature, in case you didn't notice, last week was 100 degrees in the Bay Area. Camp Newman in the Southern California Jewish camps burned. Our kids at Camp Tawanga last year were evacuated. And since the early 1970s, California wildfires have increased in size by eight times. Are the Bahamas and Haiti and the Amazon and Katrina and Puerto Rico too far away and not simultaneous enough to warrant extreme action? Una tana tokef, who shall live and who shall die? I met my first climate refugee this year. Not one of the 200,000 Bangladeshis who are displaced every single year from their homes, but it was a climate refugee from Phoenix, Arizona, who moved here to the Bay Area because they no longer could breathe in 124 degree heat every summer and they were afraid they were gonna die if they stayed. The article about it in Rolling Stone magazine kept me up all night very recently. It reminds me of the famous Yiddish song Esprent, It Is Burning, which was written in 1936 by Mordechai Gebertig in response to a pogrom which burned down an entire Polish village to the ground and foreshadowed the Holocaust to come. He wrote, as do shtetl is ech tire, Ach, dos shtetl is ech tire. It's burning, my brothers. You are the only source of help. If you value your shtetl, take up the tools to put out the fire. Put out the fire with your own blood. Just don't stand there, my brothers. Don't stand there, put out the fire. Our shtetl is burning. So much has burned since 1936. How can we not feel these words in our hearts and our souls as we remember just the memory vividly last summer of putting on masks on our children and on ourselves when the ash and the smoke from the summer fires invaded the Bay Area. And now, the bad news. In times of great joy and of struggle and suffering, we do, as a Jewish community, have something to turn to. We just held it tight in our arms 
surrounding us and us surrounding it, the Eitz Chaim, the Torah, the tree of life. We have carried that Torah, the intact scroll, for the past 3,000 years, and I believe it has carried us. It was clearly scribed for moments like this one to guide us. It is our compass, and it lays out very concrete ways to conserve, to preserve, to regenerate, and to focus on the future by focusing on this very moment. The most innovative thinking today about climate, the climate crisis is completely aligned with our Torah. Professor Jem Bendel, the director of the Institute for Leadership and Sustainability, has developed something called a deep adaptation agenda, which mirrors the Torah's mitzvot perfectly. He calls them resilience, relinquishment, restoration, and reconciliation. We call them Shabbat, Kashrut, Shemitah, and Tshuva. In the story we read from the Torah this morning, God asks Abraham to sacrifice his son. And then when God sends the angel to stop him, the only words to me in the story that really matter are the angel calling out, Avraham, Avraham, don't lay your hand on your son. Because there's no doubt about it, that angel is talking to us. Don't you dare, even if you have a moment to do it, lay your hand on future generations in a way that would sacrifice their future. Wake up, he says to Abraham. And what about Abraham's great-grandson, Joseph? Joseph was the one who interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. He was incarcerated, he came out, and he went to Pharaoh, and he said, you had a dream of seven fat cows, and then you had a dream of seven scrawny, emaciated cows. And the Pharaoh said, what does it mean? And Joseph said, you're going to have seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of drought and horrific famine. He was only a dream interpreter, but Pharaoh put the hands and the future of all of Egypt into Joseph. And he said, you are now the viceroy. So Joseph implemented a plan, knowing the data in front of him, even though it was only a dream. And he planned for seven years of storing up grain and making sure there were resources so that during the seven years of famine and drought, there was enough. There was less suffering and less death. The Torah teaches us about Shemitah, releasing ourselves of what is unnecessary. It focuses on our relationship to the land. Leviticus says, the land cannot be sold beyond reclaim, for it is mine, and you are but strangers resident with me. The Torah's insistence on the creator as the one who owns the land is a beautiful idea. Who are we, though? Just fragile humans. We are so attached to our stuff. I'm attached to my stuff. But who are we if we don't own real estate or a closet overflowing with clothes or the latest model Tesla? We live in a world where our earthly possessions literally define us, while our Judaism explicitly teaches us to let go of it. Let go of it every seven years, actually. Shemitah goes further to give the land a Shabbat, with a lesson that today all regenerative farmers know. Six years you may sow your field, and six years you may prune your vineyard, but in the seventh year the land shall have a complete rest. It's the way we have to start farming all land in this world. This year, after reading only the introduction to Marie Kondo's prophetic book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, see, almost anybody can be a prophet now. I went into my house in my garage, and I released myself of half of my belongings. Now, 
Some of you might know my brother is a Buddhist monk and he has inspired me greatly in recent years. And don't worry, I'm not becoming a total ascetic. I, I like my stuff. I'm as attached to my stuff as all of us. But how much does this stuff really weigh on us? Think about your closets, think about your garage, and then think about our planet. The Jewish idea of things that are ownerless are called hefker, and it comes from the word pakar, which means to set free. Any object declared hefker is set free of its owners. And once I started the process of just saying, I'm not using this, I don't need this, it feels very heavy, I felt hefker. And so I am going to challenge you in 5780 this year to do your own Shemitah, let go of that which holds you and weighs you down. I know you're all thinking about something right now that you can get rid of. Now, Maybe you don't get rid of half of your stuff, but get started on your own Shemitah. It will help you in this process of change. This is something I guarantee your children and your grandchildren will greatly benefit from and thank you. <laughs> if you've ever cleaned out a deceased relative's home, you know exactly what I mean. Because we will all be someone's deceased relative and our stuff will be theirs one day. When I was ordained in 1997, I decided to start keeping kosher for the first time. I committed to that because it reminded me three times a day of my commitment to the Jewish people and my change in status as a rabbi. And I kept kosher for 16 years and then realized at that point that keeping kosher didn't make me feel any more Jewish or more committed as a Jew. So for a period of time, I started studying eco-kashrut. In the beginning, God said, I have given you every herb yielding seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree for you to eat. So until the time of Noah, we were intended to be vegetarians. So this is another challenge. Now you don't have to do all of them, just pick one of these. Stop eating red meat for one year with me. Stop eating red meat. Now, if you're a non-meat eater and you're going, done, um, <laughs> Rabbi, you're so behind the, the ball. Half the people in here don't eat red meat. So if you don't eat red meat, you know that there's something else that you can do that you eat or that you consume that if you change that habit will impact the future and the present. The point of this is to remind you every single day of your commitment to the future, to give the future generations the same choices we have today that we really just take for granted. And then I want you to report back. Let me know how it's going. If that one change that you're doing publicly engenders another or has an impact on other people. And then invite your friends to do it with you. It will make it more likely you'll be eating at home and in a community rather than eating in restaurants or alone. And I'll tell you, we will all be living much more collectively and eating communally in the decades to come on this planet. Finally, and I believe most importantly, the Torah gives us this radical, revolutionary idea called Shabbat. So I'm challenging you in this year to unplug one day a week for 24 hours. Think of Shabbat as the quiet shofar that you can only hear when you are unplugged. Show of hands, how many of you in the last month unplugged for a full 24 hours? Find one of those people and ask them why they did it and what it felt like. Traditionally, there are 39 categories of prohibited work on Shabbat, which is the orthodox way to interpret and practice Shabbat. But for most of us, the 24-7 hold that technology has on us and on our children is the toxic work of today. A guide for practicing tech Shabbat happens to be a new book 
that was published by our congregant Tiffany Schlein. It's called 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week. She's not Orthodox. She belongs to this congregation, and she writes about her family's evolving Tech Shabbat practice over the last 10 years with, yes, teenagers. They do it too. Simply turning everything off that's a screen for 24 hours. And then you start realizing it's not what you can't do in those 24 hours, but what being unplugged enables you to do. Listen, share, be creative, eat together, look into each other's eyes, play games, bake challah, draw, express love, read, write, taking one day a week to detox from the screen has an ability to change your life. In fact, in the book of Exodus, Shabbat is called Vayina Fash. It's the power of taking our souls, which almost we lose every week, and putting them back into our bodies. Now, imagine if the gift that we, the Jews, gave to the whole world was Shabbat. If Hindus gave us yoga and meditation is not just for Buddhists, what about Shabbat for every single human being? What would the effect be if every single human being on the planet unplugged for 24 hours? taking a Shabbat and including the earth in it. God tells us that we are the earth. If we tune in, we will remember that everything that we are doing to ourselves, we're doing to the earth. And everything we do to the earth, we do to ourselves. Can you imagine what it would feel like not to be interrupted, beeped, notified, pinged, or vibrated for an entire day? I want you to try it. Take back the time that technology has stolen from us Tell everybody you know in your life who's trying to get in touch with you during those 24 hours, if it's an emergency, call my landline or come over and knock on my door. I'll talk to you again on Saturday night. It's a tremendous gift. If we are awake, it is hard not to be afraid because it's a fearful time in our world. But we are not alone. We have a community here to sustain us. This 100-year-old sanctuary where we are safe and secure we're surrounded by loving family and friends in our Torah. We're not on a screen right now. I mean, if you're on a screen right now, come on. <laughs> I'm not going back to the beginning, blowing the shofar and talking about Greta again. Get off your screen. We are live. We're alive. We are supposed to be present on this birthday of the world. And to your left and your right in the sanctuary are the most creative and the most destructive forces in the universe. Look to your left at the stained glass windows of fire. And to your right at the windows of water. Both of these elements are life-sustaining and both are life-threatening. And the rainbow right there in the middle of the water. The rainbow is God's covenant and the guarantee that the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When God places that rainbow in the sky, God uses the word remember, zahor, twice, and makes it clear that the reminder is for God to never destroy the planet again, not a reminder for humanity. But that is not right. That rainbow has to be a reminder to us, too, a reminder of Baal Tashchit, the Jewish ethic, not to destroy, not to waste, and not to use up. In Jonathan Safran Foer's new book, We Are the Weather, he writes this about the rainbow. A rainbow is also a rope. It can be thrown to a drowning person or it can be tied into a noose. 
No one who isn't us is going to destroy the earth, and no one who isn't us is going to save it. The most hopeless conditions can inspire the most hopeful actions. We have found ways to restore life on earth in the event of a total collapse, because we have found ways to cause a total collapse of life on earth. We are the flood, and we are the ark. We are the flood, and we are the ark. This year, the Earth Watch Institute in Britain concluded that the bee, the bee is the most important living being on the planet. And recently, it was revealed it is literally on the edge of extinction. Bees around the world have disappeared up to 90%. 10 years ago, in 2009, I brought a living beehive onto this beema. Anybody here remember that? There was a beehive on the beema that year. I wanted to preach about the effects of this thing called colony collapse disorder, which was already beginning to decimate the bee population, and which really has become appropriate in describing what's happening to us, colony collapse disorder. And so I think back to 2009 and 2019, and then partnering with our future selves. Where are we going to be in 2029? in 5790. My sincere hope and prayer for all of us is that we will have partnered with our future selves. Think about who you're going to be in 10 or 20 years. Where are your parents? Where are your children going to be? Be in themselves and be living. We will be observing Tech Shabbat. We will be eating and consuming in ways that ensure less suffering. And we will all be doing Shemitah, living as lightly as possible to preserve our resources and to prolong them. So often we think about these times like, where were you when JFK was shot? Where were you on 9-11? We have those in our mind. Where were you when you made the decision to make a choice so that as the climate crisis unravels, you know that you are doing everything in your individual and our collective power to ensure less suffering? less death, and longer time on this earth. As for me, I pray I will still be alive and well in 10 years, living in the Bay Area, and that my own work as a rabbi here at Congregation Emmanuel will also be transformed by this vision I'm talking about. So where is our board president? Ellen Grenitz. I am officially putting in my application to become the senior beekeeper of our Emmanuel Next building project because we haven't discussed this yet, but as, <laughs> as we move into the 21st century with this architecture, I want us to cultivate hives on the roof garden right outside, which we will build together. In 10 years, I want us to be able to provide our entire hive, our entire community, with an ark full of honey. If we can help to prevent the bees from going extinct, what else? can we ensure for our children and our grandchildren in our future? May we, this community, the Jews, the non-Jews, every human being, continue to merit breathable air, drinkable water, and delicious honey that comes from adapting our behavior to acting differently now and collectively regenerating our planet for our children. Please, partner with your own future self. Be a visionary and listen to the shofar blast of a million Greta's blooming. 
May the day finally come when the menches in all of us survive, thrive, and lead the way. Amen. It's my honor to now call up Pamela Rose Nagelspiel, Cantor Addy. Back to the Bema, because when we talk about prophecy, we talk about the people who pierce our hearts with the truth. I love Leonard Cohn, and I know many of you do too. And so this song reflects back to our Torah portion. It's the song Isaac, which Pamela and Cantor Addy are going to lift and pierce our souls with today. It opened slowly, my father he came in, I was nine years old. And he stood so tall above me, his eyes were blue and shining, and his voice was very cold. He said, I've had a vision, and you know I'm strong and holy, I must do as I've been told. So we started up the mountain, I was running, he was walking, and his axe was made of gold. You who built these altars now to sacrifice these children, you must not do it anymore. Scheme is not a vision, and you never have been tempted by a demon or a god. You stand above them now, your hatchet's blunt and bloody. You were not there before. When I lay upon a mountain, my father's hand was trembling with a I saw an eagle, but it might have been a vulture, I never could decide. My father built an altar, and he looked once by his shoulder, and he knew I would not hide. You who built these altars now to sacrifice these children, you were not there when I lay upon the mountain and my father's hand was trembling with the beauty of the world. We are going to continue with our shofar service for which I invite you to put your books down. And um, I would also like to invite anyone who brought a shofar to blow today to please come into the aisles or somewhere near you and get ready to surround this room with the beautiful sounds of your shofar blows. And for us all to remember that shofar is 
actually a sound that's meant to be heard deeply in our souls. It's not a show. So as we rise for the shofar service in Elenu Gadol, please rise. I invite you to, to let the sound really pierce your heart. As we turn to Elenu Gadol, we also remember that this is a moment to think about something so much more powerful than us. Rabbi Mintz just spoke so beautifully about our world, about our responsibility to it, and to remember that there's something so much bigger than each of us. For our next shofar calls, please close your books, put them down, you don't need them. Also, I want you to close your eyes. This is the shofar of zichronot, of memory, and I want you to remember what you need to remember right now, whatever the shofar brings to mind. Tikiyah. 
Shivarim Truah. Today the world is born anew, and with those words of Rabbi Mintz's sermon, we blast out our commitment to this planet. Tikiyah. Shivarim Truah. Tikiyah. Tikiyah. Shivarim. Tikiyah. Tikiyah, Teruah, My name is Ariana Estoke. I'm the director of member experience. We need your help. We would like to request that every family bring one bag of groceries for our food drive. Not one can, one bag. We need protein, no glass. These will be donated for our JFCS and SF Marin food bank bins, as you can see. Um, this is to serve all Jewish people and all those in need and all who are hungry in our community. Please stick around for our teen-led high holiday service in this space at 3.30. It's my personal favorite. Also join us for Tashlik at Baker Beach at 5 o'clock. Remember to wear layers. Tomorrow we have a 9.30 a.m. second day Rosh Hashanah service open to the community. 
And please remember to stay the day when you return on Yom Kippur. Shana Tova. Also, please leave your prayer books before you leave, when you exit. Do not take them with you. If you are remembering someone who has died recently or this season in years past on this Rosh Hashanah, please rise and share their name as my hand moves across the room. We all join and rise with you on page 292. <laughs> Vita dar vita le vita lal shame de kudusha berichu, la ela ulela mi kol birchata vishirata, tushbechata venechemata, da amiran bi alma vi imru amen. Yeheshlama rabba min shemaya, vechaim alenu vial kol Yisrael vi imru amen. O se shalom bim romav, hu ya ase shalom, alenu ve al kol Yisrael, ve al kol yoshvetevel, vi imru amen. not be distant, our God, when all shall turn to you in love, when corruption and evil shall give way to integrity and goodness, when lies and bigotry shall no longer enslave the mind, nor idolatry blind the eye. So may all created in your image become one in spirit and friendship, forever united in your service. One incredibly sweet gesture to begin your year, the friend family. 
in their inimitable style, has baked challahs and challahs and challahs. Please feel free to take one and take it home or take it to somebody who you know needs a little help and a little challah. Shana tova. I think we'll